You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rouse Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more, we don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good morning. If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Farrell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, baby. Man, what's crack a lacking, baby? What's crack a lacking? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Rowe Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. Security is tight in Singapore today. President Trump is due to arrive shortly, and the BBC's Laura Bicker says North Korean leader Kim Jong-un is already there ahead of Tuesday's face-to-face. The North Korean leader was welcomed by Singapore's foreign minister before his convoy made its way into the city. Hundreds of people gathered outside the St. Regis Hotel in the hope of catching a glimpse of the usually reclusive Kim Jong-un as his limousine went past. Parts of the island are closed off for the summit and security is incredibly tight in an operation which has cost around 15 million US dollars. Donald Trump, who's en route to Singapore, described the meeting as a mission of peace, but he admitted that the two leaders were in unknown territory. They'll both have a day to prepare before going head-to-head at the luxury resort of Coppella on Tuesday morning. President Trump is flying to Singapore from Canada, leaving the G7 summit in disarray. On Twitter, the president withdrew his endorsement of the final joint communique and accused his Canadian host, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, of dishonesty and weakness. In his press conference wrapping up the G7, Trudeau spoke of retaliatory measures that Canada plans to take in response to Trump's tariffs on steel and aluminum imports, as Dan Carpenter reports. 
Trudeau says the message was clearly communicated to the president, and so too was the fact that Canadians don't take lightly the fact that the tariffs are based on national security. Before leaving the summit, Trump said he wanted to make a new deal with Canada and Mexico, or strike separate accords as long as there is also agreement to renegotiate every five years. Trudeau said Canada wants a deal as well, but the proposed five-year sunset clause is a non-starter. And Ottawa is now adding the steel and aluminum tariffs to its list of deal breakers. Trudeau says Canada will not be able to work under the threat of tariffs, and it will move ahead with retaliatory measures as of July 1st. For NPR News, I'm Dan Karpinchuk in Toronto. To Guatemala now, where officials have issued an alert for increased activity at the Fuego Volcano. The volcano erupted almost a week ago. 110 people confirmed dead. Some 200 remain missing. More from Maria Martin in Guatemala. Guatemala's Volcanic Institute in Sibume issued an alert with video of a new pyroclastic flow from Volcan Fuego. The bulletin says rains in the area of the volcano have given this fast-moving flow of lava, rocks and debris new life, endangering communities in the provinces of Chimaltenango and Escuintla. The volcanic agency said it hoped other parts of the government, like the disaster agency Conred and the transportation department, take appropriate action. Conred criticized for being slow to act during the initial eruption of Fuego on June 3rd. For NPR News, I'm Maria Martin in Antigua, Guatemala. And you're listening to NPR News. Coming up next on The Serious Side. We learned today we lost a friend and colleague, Anthony Bourdain. I know many of you who watched him feel you too have lost a friend, a travel companion who was always up for an adventure. Anthony Bourdain died by suicide in northeastern France. He was 61 years old with a young daughter, an incredible career, a successful and critically acclaimed show in this network. Now to the shocking story of Kate Spade. The husband of the fashion designer, Kate Spade, is breaking his silence after his wife's sudden and shocking death. So we want to read Andy Spade's statement in full. It's long, but we think it's important. So here it is. Kate was the most beautiful woman in the world. She was the kindest person I've ever known and my best friend for 35 years. My daughter and I are devastated by her loss and can't even begin to fathom life without her. A woman sentenced to life in prison for a drug offense is free this morning after Kim Kardashian pleaded with President Trump. Alice Marie Johnson, look at her go running to her family when she was released. Last week, Kardashian met with Mr. Trump at the White House and asked him to pardon Johnson. Well, yesterday, the president commuted her sentence, and she was released from a prison in Alabama. I want to thank President Donald John Trump. I want to thank Kim Kardashian. Where's Kim? I'm just so thankful. I feel like my life is starting over again. Remember we told you about Matthew Charles? Now, he had served 21 years in prison for dealing drugs. He was released in 2016. That was part of a federal program meant to cut prison time for non-violent offenders. Well, the government appealed his release, ordered him back to prison, and that's where he is now. Welcome to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show with Dr. Princess Odilia, Kathleen Williams, Mr. Jerome Esprit, and Mr. L.E.S. Now here is your host, Jay Ryle. 
good Sunday morning to you folks. Today is uh, June 10, 2018, and you're tuned to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TGRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. Of course, I'm Jay, and I never share the stage by myself. Let me introduce you to my colleagues. First up, she's the host of the show called uh, show called True, De- True Development Show. She's also the host of a show called Transforming Detroit, and the author of a book, uh, pregnant in the spirit. Let's say good morning to uh, Dr. Princess Odea. Good morning, uh, Doctor. How are you doing this morning? I'm well. Good morning. Good morning, Jay. Thank you so much. Uh, the man that gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the one and only uh, Mr. Les. Welcome back and uh, welcome to the show, sir. How are you? Good morning. Good morning, Doctor Odea. Good morning, Jay. How are you guys doing this morning? Good morning. Good morning, Les. Doing good. Uh, let's uh, also the man who uh, who has made his triumph triumph return back to the serious side. Let's say good morning to Steve from uh, Florida. Good morning, Steve. How are you doing? Man, it's a sunny day in Florida. Good morning, Jay. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome into the show. Caller number three four seven eight five zero one two seven two three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Our colleague Jerome McSpree usually joins us after his commitment with Clear Channel Radio, and also Kathleen Williams usually joins us as well uh, Sunday mornings. But until they get in, we'll hold it down three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. The chat rooms should be open. Um, give me a rundown. Let me give you a rundown of what's going on this morning. Today we have three topics as always. First up, we're going to talk about suicide prevention, um, things that you can do to uh, notice the signs. I think it's an important conversation to have. Second set, we'll talk about Alice Marie Johnson. She's a 67-year-old grandmother that was released from prison. What a beautiful story. If you saw the video, you had to be touched and moved. And we'll also talk about the stories of a man by the name of Matthew Charles. If you don't know who he is, you will know who he is coming up third set. Once again, the number is 347-850-1272. A lot to get into. And let's start the conversation off with uh, suicide prevention. And uh, this past week, we lost two celebrities, uh, you know, uh, uh, to suicide. Uh, both well-known people, and and so the thing is, I, I guess when we talk about suicide, I, you know, it's important for us to know the signs of suicide. Uh, I think it's important for us to recognize those signs. It's not a conversation that we have often. I think it's something that we need to start looking at. But still, as when we talk about suicide and when we talk about suicide prevention, um, in your opinion, what do you need? What, why why do you think this is an important conversation to have? And I know that, you know, when celebrities died, I guess the only good thing that happens from a celebrity's death uh, due to suicide, and there's nothing good about anyone taking their own life. I don't want anybody to misconstrue my comments, my my, my statement or my comments. But but it, what it does is it, it, it shed light on something that millions of Americans, thousands of Americans are dealing with um, on a, uh, you know, daily basis. Uh, so, so why is it an important conversation to have? Well, you know, some Jay, this this touches me in, in, a, in a specific way because a guy mentored to a, a co ex coworker of mine took his life, man, and there was no signs of it, man. I mean, this guy was always had to go lucky, running around, joking, and having a great time. You know, he drank, you know, but he was, you know. Wow, man! I guess looking back, you know, he drank on the weekends. He he got it in. He drank, but 
you know, he he put a gun in his mouth and and took his life, man. And, and it just, man, it just it, it it hit home, man. To uh, have this young kid, I mean, he was still in his in his early thirties, and he just took his. He had a daughter, and he just, you know, went home one night and just couldn't take it, and just took his life, man. And it just, it's a disheartening thing. I mean, I, I understand depression, and I, I trust me, I definitely understand depression, man. But just, man, it, it's it's disheartening, man. It is very disheartening for somebody to take their lives like that. And, and you know, and then you know, you got just you know, you got your selfish people who always tell me, well, they shouldn't have done it, and you know, I, that was a coward's way out, man. You don't know what that person is going through. You don't know how that person was feeling. So. You know, for this for this particular subject, man, I think we just all need to just talk to our friends and find out how they're feeling, and don't criticize somebody for how they're feeling. Don't call them weak. Don't call them any of that kind of crap when you're talking to them. Just trying to lend an open open ear and find out how they're feeling and what you can do to help them. Not just don't criticize them. That's the worst thing you can do to anybody is criticize them. Find out what you can do to help, and then if you can't help them, you know, at least try and find them some professional help. Because, I, I mean, that's the only thing you can do at, the, at, that, at that point, that juncture, man. It's, just, it's disheartening. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. our resident texter, Johnny D's in the house as well. Hopefully we'll hear his commentary, and we will bring in our uh, social media director, uh, Jackie, here in a second. Uh, you know, let me let me go to you, Dr. Princess Adia. When we talk about the signs of suicide, um, you know, Mr. Elias just brought up a prime example. I mean, you, you look at the two people who killed themselves this past week. One was a successful fashion designer. Uh, the other was a successful chef and, uh, radio and TV personality. You just don't know. On the outside, a person could be a successful, they could have a successful TV show, they can have a successful, you know, uh, career as a designer, they could, you know, they can have a radio show. You, you don't know these people on the outside they may look like everything is going well but on the inside man there may be demons so when we talk about suicide because on one hand people always want to stay to themselves right you don't want to get in someone else's business Mm -hmm. you know it's like oh i don't want to be you know i I know things may be wrong but i don't want to get in their business but but you know in your you know in your professional opinion and in your you know I'm pretty sure you've come across people who have been going down that avenue. What was the telltale sign? What made you engage someone who you may have thought that was suicidal? Well, first of all, as a psychologist, I deal with individuals who are dealing with depression and some that are way over the top in terms of bringing them back to even a conversation or giving them an opportunity to have methods of Remedy in such a a broken state where, you know, maybe they need the assistance of of the psychotic drugs, etc. However, there's most times individuals who who are dealing with depression, a lot of times you have some people who just all of a sudden it seems like they're, they seem to be doing well with holding and managing everything that's taking place in their life. Oftentimes the ones that are being really silly, you know, they seem to be so happy on the outside. A, a lot of times those individuals go right back home and they may deal or internalize things that are that's taking place and not really dealing with it, but 
kind of masking it through that that type of reaction to what they're overwhelmed with. And then at some point, if that be the case of a person who is suppressing things that are really, really ailing them, it can happen in a blink of an eye where they wake up in the morning and it's just too much. That's it. It's no conversation. They can't see anything in front of them but black, and they can't hear anything but the thoughts in their head about the thing that they're choosing to repeat. They're, they're, that's repeating itself over and over and over again in their mind that's bringing them down. So if it's, if it's a, a situation where they're in a financial crisis or um, they broke up in a divorce or a relationship or someone died, sometimes people don't deal with things and they blow up at some point. Children go through things, a lot of pain sometimes. They're in, in families and they're, they're compromised with maybe the parents aren't, you know, doing exactly what they're supposed to do for them. Maybe they're in a, in a poverty state. We say, don't worry about it. Go to school and do, do what you have to do and come on home and we expect them to function like adults. A lot of times these children will internalize pain and always they, they learn to internalize pain. They grow up with not being able to deal with pain or circumstances and they blow up at some point. It's never just, it's never just that it just happened. It didn't, it didn't just happen. This is something that the individual has been going through for a long time. So the best thing to do is always to pay attention to people, to to consider other people's thoughts, to don't take for granted if you see somebody that's inhaling alcohol. That's one of the biggest things that people do. They inhale alcohol and drugs when they're dealing with depression. I had a friend the other day, I when I went to share with him about what's been going on with my with my mom and he knew me he knew me most of my life. So when I'm telling him this and I'm seeking for advice for something that, that my family was being troubled with, I didn't, I, you know, thought he, you know, he gave me the advice. I was good. And I, you know, he kind of brought me back to some senses about something. And then he said something to me that I never, ever, ever thought about. He said, you know what? He said, you know, I love you, sis. He said, but let me tell you what people oftentimes don't do. He said, for me, you told me what happened was happening to you, but I didn't even know that your mom was going through this, and I happen to know her, and I know your family, so this is hurting me. And he said, people who spill their concerns on other people a lot of times don't consider that person and what, how they're dealing with the information and how they're carrying it. So sometimes the happy ones get bombarded with a bunch of stuff that they can't deal with. Right. And we began to talk. Yeah. I never thought I said I never thought about it like that. But yeah. we have to pay attention right. to people's feelings. We we definitely yeah, have so. to pay attention and, and, and look for the signs when we see things like that. Steve, when we look at some of the numbers of suicides, you know, suicide, you know, it's the tenth leading cause of death in the US, you know. Over forty four thousand people commit suicides a year. I mean, that number's staggering. And, you know, and listen, you, if you want to put a dollar and cents amount on it, you know, it costs 
the uh, U.S. government or the U.S. annually $69 billion uh, when we talk about suicides and things of that nature. You know, the highest rate of suicide are amongst middle-aged white men, um, you know. Um, and so, you know, we're talking the 10th leading cause of death in the U.S. When you start looking at those numbers and when you start thinking about, um, you know, what's, what's going on, on an average, 123 people kill themselves a day. That's a lot, Steve. Your thoughts? Uh, yes, sir. Um, basically, the problem we have in America is people do not understand the power of Christ. That is becoming a big problem. They never prayed for healing and seen themselves healed. They never experienced the supernatural. They never. There's a human flesh confidence. And there's a God kind of spiritual confidence. It says, fear not, all throughout the Bible. Why? Because Satan brings the mental attacks. Satan brings the torment. Satan brings the bad relationships. And if the bad relationships come, and this person that you're with, this spouse or whoever it is, family member, friend, whatever, they're constantly speaking negativity in your life, that can be a big source of problems as well where People don't want to let a relationship go And this person is constantly speaking negativity in their life And so Satan is the god of this world You can People can You know we have a lot of millennials They think it's just a fairy tale and all this stuff But they don't understand the power Of Christ so, you know, Black community kind of, kind of turn our backs on God as well So it, You don't understand the power of the spiritual So you rely on what man tells you and what their education on school tells you, and you think this is going to, to help you throughout your life, your education, things of that nature, that can only take you to a certain point. Then we bring in God kind of confidence, where if I die today, where am I going? Things of that nature that's more spiritual that can help resist and protect you against the attacks of Satan, which some people believe is just a fairy tale. But I've been healed, I prayed for healing, I prayed for things. And the manifestation and believe me it's very real And so this is definitely not a joke This is not a game You are going to live forever But it's going to be your choice and your decision On what you do Because you are a free moral agent To make whatever decision you want to make But you have to keep The negative thoughts out of your mind That's going to be extremely important And then for Nephrinephrine and the, the feel good chemicals You know when you exercise uh, certain nutritions like vitamin B Your body needs a certain amount of nutrition To produce those feel good chemicals In the brain like nephrine You may need vitamin B it's, You can't just sit around here Eating junk food all day And expect to feel good It doesn't work that way yeah. So then we have yeah, to identify absolutely. The area of where are you depressed in Is it because you're overweight Is it because you, you, you know a divorce we have to identify where you are And then bring you on back So a lot of people need to be headed to the church That don't want to be headed to the church And Satan is Satan's there Okay, so yeah. we, You know, and that's, that's, the, that's the thing I'm on a different okay. side of the, the conversation But go ahead yeah, yeah. All right, 347-850-1272. No, I need to get someone else in here. Let's bring in our uh, director of uh, social media 
and uh, uh, social media outreach. Let's bring in Jackie. Good morning, Jackie. Welcome to the show. You know, when I was in the military, uh, you know, when suicide, the word suicide, everything stopped. Uh, uh, it, and that's one organization that I know for a fact that takes suicide very, very seriously. It's not all maybe they're just thinking out loud or maybe they're just, you know, trying to do whatever. When the person said or when a person gave any indication that there was some type of suicidal thoughts, everything stopped, and they deployed a team of people to reach out to that soldier to find out what was going on in his or her life. You know, there were three types, we were told. I was a part of that team. They said there are three types of people, right? There are people who, when they talk suicide, they're reaching out for help. They want someone to come and save them. Then you have the second phase of people, People who can be saved But will go through it If you don't reach them in time And then you have the third set of folks Who were They were going to do it And there was nothing that you could do To prevent it from happening So Jackie when we talk about Suicide prevention and the telltale signs And the things of that nature You know how do we Reach out and look for these people How do we Do we need to have more conversations About this particular topic Like I said Celebrities when they pass away Due to suicide You know Everything seems to You know Everything ratchets up You know And I, and I guess that's a good thing For the common folk Because we don't talk about You know Some of the numbers I read Are staggering What say you? Yeah because we uh, We don't Talk about it Especially amongst the black community um, You think about that Concept of the village Well we've lost the village Like you, you were talking about in the military You know everything stops And y'all focus Well we've lost the village uh, Back in the days we had a vi- The village you know you didn't do nothing Because um, you, uh, Your neighbors uh Three houses down was going to find out, and you were going to get about three whoopings before you got to your mother. But now we've lost that. We've lost the village. Everybody stays to themselves now. Not to mention, you know, trying to make, keep up certain appearances. I'm okay. Nothing's wrong. I'm okay. And we can be so into ourselves that we don't want to ask enough questions. You be too much like, well, hey, that's them. I got to I gotta focus on my life. But yeah. we got to get you know, more back to the village. You got to get back to the village and really begin yeah. to look towards one another again and, and care. You know, uh, Ms. Elias, you know, she, Jackie brought up something that I thought was very interesting, and, and, it, and especially when it deals with our community. You know, our people don't, our people don't want to go get help. Our people, no. when it comes to things like this, they don't reach out. But, you know, you talked about depression earlier uh, during this segment, and you talked about how, you know, people deal with it, but it's like, oh, you're sad, you know, you'll be all right. No, it, it, there are professional agencies out there. Professionals that can come out, that can reach out, and you know they're trained to do these things. Well, why is it, Miss Delius, that African Americans uh, we don't want to reach out? Why, why, why do we 
look at this as, oh, it's not depression. It's, you know, I'm just going through a bad time right now. Well, what, can, uh, what message do you have for those people out there that look like us who probably need this stuff, Ms. Delias, and won't go and seek the help that they so desperately need? Well, you know, Jay, I'm the wrong person to ask that question to. Because in 2010, when my brother passed away, and that was one of that's my best friend, uh, I suffered from depression, man. So, you know, it, it's a stigma on it that has the the emphasis of being uh, crazy, you know. And that's that's how we've always looked at it. If you a psychiatrist, you're a nut. You're a nutcase, and nobody wants to be labeled a nutcase, man. I guess that's the stigma in the black community, but it's not. It's not a nutcase. It's just the fact of being human. And that's one thing you, everybody has to realize, man, including myself, that, you know, everybody suffers from depression. Everybody's going to get a moment when they're down and out. And if you can't learn how to handle it or deal with it, seek professional help. Because if you don't seek professional help, you'll end up going down that same road that, uh, you know, a lot of people go down, man. And that's not the road that anybody should be going down. The road that you should be going down is to seek professional help. And nobody should make you feel like you're, you're nuts. Because in that in the black community, once again, we are all we all think about, well, he's a that's a nutcase, stay away from him. He's crazy. Eh, you know, it's not that. It's not that. We 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 in the black community uh, fear psychiatrists just because of that case. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we won't go into it because we feel that uh, you know we'll be labeled as something, as something, and that's just not a good thing. It's not a good folk. Look, if you know someone that's out there that's uh, you know fighting depression, depression. If you know someone out there who needs help, you need to reach out to them. You need to try to find a way to bring them back into the fold. And you need to, you know. And sometimes it's just a matter of them, you know, look for the signs. You can look for the signs. You don't have to be a professional to understand what the signs are. If you know you have a friend or a colleague or a neighbor that's going through something and, and you know, and you are privy to uh, to that information, then you need to reach out. I mean, it is as simple as that. And you never know. Just the fact that you reaching out uh, may be, uh, you know, what will take it will take to, uh, you know, to get this person uh, over the edge, to help this person not take that path. Not that you know. I, I remember uh, a young lady that uh, when I was in the military, you know, she was really going through it, and it was just a matter of us reaching out to them. So if you know someone that's out there, you know, let me give you a number: one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. One eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. Reach out, talk to someone, try to find a way. Because trust me, if the signs are out there, if you, if you can pick up on the signs, they are reaching out for help. Once again, that number is 800-273-8255. All right. Uh, coming up this week, in, uh, this week in this week's edition of In Four Minutes or Less, everyone knows what's happening in Singapore this week. Uh, the American president and the leader of North Korea will get together and talk about, I don't know, the weather. But I tell you what, this is a prime, prime area for this. We'll talk to you on the other side. Let's pause now to consider quite how many spies might be crawling the streets of Singapore tonight. Singapore, of course, is the setting for next week's summit between President Trump and North Korea's Kim Jong-un. And 
even as the rituals of diplomacy unfold in public view, photo ops, press briefings, etc., there will also be plenty of action in the shadows. For the CIA and other intelligence services, this summit marks a rare opportunity. The North Korean delegation offers a prime target for spies, and Singapore offers a prime location to operate, certainly compared to inside North Korea. Well, let's put all this to Bruce Klingner. He was the CIA's deputy division chief for Korea. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. How big a bonanza is this summit for intelligence officers trying to work the North Well, the intelligence community has several lanes in the road when it comes to analysis, political, military, economic, and leadership. Up until this year, really, the American with the most face time with Kim Jong-un had been Dennis Rodman. So uh, CIA will try to glean as much information on particularly leaders such as Kim Jong-un from any number of sources, though, to try to get a sense of how people make decisions, how they might react. This is looking at, what, everything from... How Kim Jong-un seems to conduct himself, who he talks to, who's in his inner circle, does he look healthy, is it those type questions? Exactly, on health, because he certainly looks unhealthy, and he's had gout and limping and others. People will be looking at his physical appearance, are there any clues from his mannerisms, or the way he looks, the way he acts, the way he talks, uh, indicating any kind of medical issues, or you know, how much alcohol does he drink, or then just uh, on his intellect. Does he need to look at notes, or is he well-versed in a number of issues? Does he turn to aides often to get information, or does he know it all off the top of his head? Does he seem to turn to others to get their approval or their consensus, or is he clearly the one in charge? Even how the others in his entourage act, do they act nervous around him? Are they afraid of making a mistake, or do they sort of chime in with suggestions? Any of those kind of things would be items that uh, not only an intelligence officer, but really the diplomats would be looking for. Right, because all of which might inform U.S. intelligence analysis of how firm his grip on power is, what his motives and ambitions may be, which would then inform U.S. policymakers going forward. Exactly. And if the president raises a proposal, would Kim Jong-un say, well, that's a good idea, we'll take it back to Pyongyang and discuss it, or does he immediately make a decision without looking at even any of those in his entourage? What about just the opportunity presented by the fact that he and his senior aides will be in Singapore, a place where Western intelligence services can operate with relative impunity? Right. Well, you're not going to have any CIA spies breaking into his room and planting bugs, but uh, intelligence agencies can do things remotely with electronics. I'm sure there's going to be any number of you know, microphones or satellite dishes or whatever aimed at his hotel area. But the North Koreans would know that, and they would probably be trying to take countermeasures. How does how does that work? Well, we don't really know the, their capabilities on countermeasures, but people tend to think of North Korea as, as very inept technologically. They often look at the nighttime satellite photos where North Korea can't even seem to keep light bulbs going on except in Pyongyang. We know they have good cyber capabilities. Exactly. They're within the top five, perhaps top three countries in the world with cyber attack capabilities. So whether they're going to try to clip into... President Trump's communications or not, but certainly the U.S. will have soundproof or cyber-protected booths for the president to do any kind of communications. And we've even seen photos that the Obama White House released of them in a protected room that they set up within a hotel room. Urs Klingner, he spent 20 years at the CIA and at the Pentagon's Defense Intelligence Agency. He's now a senior research fellow at the Heritage Foundation. Thanks very much. Well, thanks for having me. 
A woman sentenced to life in prison for a drug offense is free this morning after Kim Kardashian pleaded with President Trump. Alice Marie Johnson, look at her go, running to her family when she was released. Last week, Kardashian met with Mr. Trump at the White House and asked him to pardon Johnson. Well, yesterday, the president commuted her sentence and she was released from a prison in Alabama. Welcome back in 347 the words of Alice Marie Johnson when she was freed after spending 20-plus years in prison for participating in a drug ring. What a beautiful story. Uh, this young lady uh, has um, um, changed her life. Uh, she's, uh, I mean, just if you go back and read her story, it's something that uh, I would think is very touching. And this is, uh, she's a prime example of how, you know, uh, rehabilitation works, you know, the way the justice system and the way the penal uh, system is supposed to work. Uh, let's bring in Jackie. Jackie is our uh, director of uh, media outreach. Jackie, you have some information for us, right? Uh, yes, um, definitely welcome you to keep up with the TJRS Radio Network via social media, okay? For um, anything that you need to know about us at all, please feel free to email us at seriousside at outlook.com. Once again, seriousside at outlook.com. And we are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, of course, all three pages have the same ending handle, facebook.com slash group, twitter.com, instagram.com slash T-J-R-S radio. All of that information is in the chat room. I also posted an article uh, about, uh, it's called Five Things You Should Know About Depression Suicide. Posted that last night in a group that I have, but I shared it in the chat room as well. So check it out, oh, for you, loved ones, okay? Right, good stuff. And I uh, got some information from a guy by the name of John John. He said for people who are having issues getting in the chat room, uh, he says that uh, basically uh, when you try to access the show as soon as the show starts, uh, then you will not see the chat room. So his suggestion is wait a few minutes and then tune in, and uh, that way the chat room will appear. So we uh, thank uh, John John for that information. Also, the resident, our resident of Texas, Johnny D, has checked in. He said suicide. A recent report indicates that the U.S. suicide rate is up 30% since 1999. Although suicide is universal, it has significantly impacted white males. For years, the African-American community considered this, as to, considered this to be a Caucasian problem until the past five years when African-American teens started committing suicide. My father and I recently discussed the resilience of African-Americans as we travel our journey through life. We prepare ourselves for the hardships life brings us as a community. However, mental health and depression is real. And we must educate ourselves. 
We have produced a generation of young people that never experienced failure early in life to build your character. The participation trophies they received, the concept of not keeping score in baseball, everyone making the team doesn't build character. As a society, we must be mindful of our neighbors and their struggles. Well said uh, by our resident texter, Johnny Ding. All right, so let's um, talk about the, uh, just talk at the top, uh, Alice Marie Johnson was freed after spending so many years in jail for a uh, for participating in a drug ring, and this is a situation once again, folks, where here's a person who has gone through the penal system. You know, she was sentenced to life in prison, life in prison, uh, and uh, for participating in this. And so Donald Trump, uh, you know, listen, you can say what you want to say about Kim Kardashian. Uh, to be honest with you, anytime the name Kardashian comes up, people start to laugh and giggle and, you know, she's this, she's that. But the bottom line is, is that what she did was a wonderful thing. Here's the thing that concerns me about what happened with this whole suicide situation. I'm sorry, with this whole situation with um, the freeing of Alice Marie Johnson. And, and Steve, let me, let me go to you on this. Um, here's what concerns me about Donald Trump doing this. Because as you heard, if you watch the news coverage, you know, when they stuck a microphone in Miss Johnson's face, the first thing that she said was, you know, um, you know, thank you, Donald John Trump. And everybody, yes, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Donald. Thank you, Donald Trump. And here's what concerns me about this. I don't think he did this because it was the right thing to do. I think he did this because this guy is trying to get the African-American vote. And so what do you do? You you pardon the you know, you pardon, you know, Jack Johnson, now you pardon this grandmother, sixty seven year old grandmother. Well what do you think he's up to, uh, Steve, when you look at Donald Trump and the pardoning power that he's using per se? Uh, basically as far as that is concerned, I think it's more about proving to white people that he's not racist, the midterm elections are coming up, there may be uh, white people that are sitting on the fence about him being racist, thinking about, okay, maybe we need to vote against him in the midterms. That plus the fact that, okay, if he's going after the minority votes, and it needs to be more than just pardoning. He's going to need to apologize for his prior actions, the federal lawsuit of him discriminating, writing colors on housing applications in the 70s, to apologize for his family being associated with Klansmen, uh, passing federal legislation to put police officers back in line because somehow these cops are walking around here and they think they're bigger than God now. And, and so we got to get them back in line. If he does those things, he, if he admits to his previous sins, comes clean, then I can see an increase in the African American vote, especially legislation. So you need more than just. We need legislation as well. Nothing wrong with her saying, oh, thank you. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, if I was in prison 20 years and he got me out, I would say thank you too. You know, but he has to do more to gain the minority vote. And it's mainly, I would think, the white folks sitting on the fence is more towards them, you know, uh, the nonpartisan, those are not affiliated with parties. Because the midterm elections are coming up. I mean, can you see that, Jay? What do you think about that, Jay? The midterm elections are coming up. He's got to make himself look good somehow. Yeah, but see, I think, uh, Steve, uh, I really and truly believe that this is all about 
uh, Donald Trump trying to, um, you know, make himself look good and with the African-American community. Because every time he stands up, uh, uh, Princess Adelia, and he starts talking about, you know, his, uh, what I call, um, you know, he's always in campaign mode, but it's always the greatest hits. He stands up, he talks about, you know, how uh, the unemployment rate is low, and the, the unemployment rate for African Americans at this is at this number. He always says this, and I think that he's trying to, you know, I think two things are going on. I think that one, he's trying to really endear himself to the African American community, but the other thing that I think he's actually doing is he's preparing people for what I think he's going to do down the line when it comes to this Mueller investigation. I think that he's going to um, uh, start pardoning some of his partners in crime. Um, and I also think that Donald Trump is one of these guys, he's an authoritarian, he's a guy that wants to have unchallenged power. And I think uh, when you read some of the reports, his aides are upset because he thinks as president, you know, he thought he would have just, you know, he was the king. He wants to have king powers. And so he looks for things within his presidential powers that he knows that he can do without being questioned at all. And the pardon is a new play tour for him. He knows that he can do what he wants to do with that. And Congress can't stop it. No one can stop the presidential pardon power. And I think that he really gets a thrill on that. What say you? Huh. Well, I don't... <laughs> I'm more amped to believe that he's using, right now, he's trying to appeal to the black, to us, to the black community. I really believe that. Um, he, I even, I was very shocked to see a video I watched yesterday on him, um, you know, just publicly giving praise to God, um, honoring a gentleman who had um, been in he had been in jail for a long time, and he he was he was, he when he got out he, well, he was a bank robber when he got out. Now he's helping people not go back to jail. He's um, focused on that and he's doing a great work. But he really went through almost. If you didn't know anything about Donald Trump, you would swear before anything that he was uh, darn near a minister in that in that speech. And he really gave credit to God, et cetera, et cetera. And, and he talked about where America stands now. And although that is something I want to be positive about, and I do want to be positive about, but I I my antennas are up because I'm now just seeing this flip side that has never come out and back to back these things that are taking place where he is appealing more to the black community I really feel that that's the intention because our vote does matter and you get enough of us on board and especially talking about God oh please you got some people that just because he said that and because he said something about God now he's a godly man and we need to vote him in I mean that's the psyche of it I think that Donald Trump is very brilliant and brilliant enough. I mean, he's he's brilliant. He's a brilliant manipulator. And I believe that in his tactics of manipulation or however he choose, he has chosen to approach the American people, I believe that he's, he can be manipulative enough to try to do that. Like he's focusing on getting our vote. 
and he's getting all of those key points, talking about the key points that matter to us. You know, the gentleman that we're, I'm referring about in the video, he was a black man, you know, and yeah. and he was just so huggy with him. You know, it was just like, I'm like, wow, wow. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I've never seen that video, and I'm not sure. You know, it's something that uh, oh, I, I don't think I'm going to seek it out. But, uh, but I tell you what, it's interesting that you say that. You know, Steve, I think a lot of people are concerned about regular order. I mean, the bottom line is this is something that was overdue. There's no doubt about it, but, you know, there's a process that is supposed to happen, right? There's a process. There, You know, you're supposed to – there's a process to go through before you can be pardoned. And what a lot of people are saying is that he is just ignoring the process. It's like whoever gets to him first, it's like, hey, you know what? Uh, I need you to pardon this person because of this. Well, I'm Kim Kardashian. So I don't have to go through the process. All I have to do is put out there in a tweet that I want to meet you, and, hey, you know what, this guy is a Twitter president. Why not? And so, you know, even though the uh, the act was, you know, the right thing to do, in my opinion, um, it's just regular order that people are concerned about with this president. What say you? Well, you have to see the, also the power of, uh, a white person asking another white person to pardon a black person. See, white people created the system. So if a white person goes so you to say, the party, so you're saying person, this is a, hey, you're saying that this is a form of this is all about suppression, right? So it's like, you know, a white person has to ask another, has to ask another white person to free an African American. If you you know if you want to make that transition back to slavery days, okay. I'm just trying to make sure I'm I'm connecting the dots <laughs> as far as what you're trying to say. Yeah, yeah. He's like you know. Hey, I'm Kim Kardashian. Hey, I'm a celebrity. You know, Donald, we know you lived in New York for decades. You were a Democrat for decades. Hey, let's let this Negro out of prison. So white people create the system. So but, but, but wait a minute. See, let, me, let, me, let, me jump, let me jump in here because, yeah. you know, look, we all know Kim Kardashian. I mean, the Kardashians are... You know, I mean, they are close. I mean, they date a lot of black cats. So, you know, I think that she was genuine in her in in in, in her. I don't think there was any malice in what she was trying to do. Uh, as far as this is a story that really touched her, and she used her power to make it happen. So I applaud her for what she did. Yes. Now, so so she may have been doing the right thing, but I think what you're saying, as far as Donald Trump. Here I am, I'm sitting on the throne, come one, come all. Even the comments that he made, Mr. Elias, about the NFL players, he said, okay, if you don't like what's going on, i tell you what you guys do. You get together a list of names of people who you think I should free. Give me a list of slaves that you think I should free, and you bring them to Massa, and then I'll take it under consideration, and then at that point I will release them if I see, if they seem if, if I deem that it's necessary for it to happen, are you going to meet with the players, Mr. President? Eh, I don't need to meet with them. You know, just like back in the day, fly, you know, tell Massa, get it to me, and I'll determine whether these slaves are freed or not. Mr. Elias, your thoughts? Well, you know, Jay, who are you talking about, those son of a bitches he called out? Is that, is yeah. that the ones you're talking those about? Guys. Those Those people? Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that yeah. tells me all, man. Look, dude. I, whatever this cat is feeling, I don't, I don't like it because it, it is, it is what it is with him. You know, he, 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 all, he has no ulterior motive. He doesn't do nothing out of the kindness of his heart. Think about how many people he screwed over in business and in life. So, 
No, man. I, you never trust nobody like that in your life. If you can screw somebody over like that and walk away and I don't have a guilty conscience, if somebody does work for me, I, man, and, and my conscience, I got to pay him because I believe if a man works, he should get paid. Why should I? Why should somebody spend their hard-earned money to work on my building and then, then I walk away from it and don't pay him? This cat is a narcissist, and there's no way in the world I would ever trust anything that he says or does. You know, Jackie, I think what he's trying to create is that scenario of, you know, what? why didn't President Obama, because I've read some things that said that I've read exactly, exactly what I think the scenario that he's trying to create, uh, Jackie, the fact that, hey, why didn't President Obama do this? Here's a black woman who was in jail. You know, all these different, you know, President Obama had pardon power. Why didn't he do it? And I think he's trying to create that scenario where the bottom line is he's trying to not only trying to make an impact on the African-American community and trying to get some of us to say, you know what, he's not a bad guy, but then also turn this against his predecessor because, you know, everything he does, it's all about trying to reverse our uh, upstage uh, President Obama. What say you? Romans 8:28, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So we, we're clear on what Trump's agenda is. We're clear on it. His whole presidency so far has been to dismantle everything that Obama did. I mean, we see it, but what I love is, I love it. Nothing gets past God. He's going to turn around and work it for our good. It doesn't matter who's in, who's in the White House. It doesn't matter what their agenda is. Doesn't matter, and it's clear we see what Trump is about. He doesn't do. He, he there's not a thing that he does that is not for his benefit. If he if he gets nothing out of it, trust me, he will not do it. That's a good point to bring but up. It doesn't matter. That's a good point to bring up. It does. It doesn't That's matter. He, he does nothing if it does not benefit him. We got you. But what I love is God, none of this, his, this whole election, none of this got past God. He's going to turn around and use it for his good. And I, I don't care. We, we don't even need, necessarily need to care about why he's doing it. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Thank God that. it was done. I mean, God's going to work yeah. it out. <laughs> Doesn't matter right, nobody's right. agenda. All right, 53 minutes after the hour, uh, you're listening to the serious side. Let's bring in the smartest man in the world. Then notice he was in here. I'll say good morning to uh, Mr. Jerome Street. Good morning, Jerome. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm good. Yeah, I didn't feel the love there, Jay. I was like, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just going to chill and listen I'm to sorry, the show today. I was, uh, <laughs> no, 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 I'm sorry, but I was... No, 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 no. I'm sorry, Jerome. I was, I, I was on another no, tab, no. and I flipped back over to this page, and I said, oh, my God, there he is. How long has he been here? And, and, you know, it tells us how long you had been on hold. I'm like, oh, boy. Yeah. So, so, you know, you're here. Sorry about that. Let's get your comments no, on good. this uh, particular topic with uh, Donald Trump. Free. What do you think is going on here? You know, like I said, you know, I, I think that the, the act, um, you know, I applaud the act. I applaud what Kim Kardashian, uh, what she did. But I still question the motives of the 45th president of the United States. What say you? 
Um, well, first of all, I applaud squat. I just want to put that out there for the record. And I want to say that um, it, it is important, I guess, we're, we're always appreciative. This is kind of who we are. We're going to be appreciative. But that doesn't move no needle on how he treats black people generally. So don't think that you, uh, you – what it is is, like, we, they will starve black folks and give them free cheese and be like, look, we gave you free tree, cheese. You know what I mean? Like, you can't just starve us and then throw us a crumb and then be like, are we good now? So for anybody doing analysis on that, saying, like, he's doing this to appeal to black people, he is not. He's doing that to appeal to Kim Kardashian's Twitter followers, right? So you have to but think you, of media you know people. You, you brought up something here, and I want to get your opinion on it real quick, and I'm sorry to interrupt. You, you, you no, brought something up here that I thought was interesting. You know, the thing that makes me nervous about this, Jerome, is the fact that you have a guy who's been acting like a psycho for the past, you know, uh, 18 months or however long it's been since he's been in office. Then he does something that's normal. I'm afraid that it's going to have more of an impact because, oh, my God, he did something nice. Oh, you know, maybe he's, he's better. I just think that this is so – it is so dangerous because of the way he conducts his business, that Wait, if he and, does and something that makes sense – you know, you, you don't think so? You don't think that that's an issue, that he does a, a few things that make sense that people are going to put him back in office because, oh, he's finally learning how to be president? No, you can't do that. Like, okay, so, again, he can go dang near two years of acting like a sociopath, and then you're going to say, right. hey, wait a minute, he, brought, he walked the old lady across the street. Really? Even sociopaths have a moment of, uh, not even of conscious but just manipulative favor. Like, they do something right. for their own advantage so that they can keep you um, trusting them so that it can come right. and crazy like he normally is. We have to stop right. falling. I don't care who else doesn't. And the people who support Trump are going to support him, and they're going to say, it's, it's like when white folks come up to you and go, you know, Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves and he was a Republican. That is all bull. Right? Because it ain't even the same party. So when somebody tells you something and tries to use it for propaganda, some of us have to be able to see through that so that it doesn't take the pressure off of them. There is no way that this one, that's not even a gesture to us. He did a favor for somebody who has a, a million Twitter followers. That's what he did. So technically, he didn't do jack for none of us. You know, hmm. he wants Kanye to make a song about him, and he wants Kim to put it out on Twitter that he's good people. So nobody give a rat's about Kim either. You know what I mean? Like we gotta stop caring. And and I'm only I, and I hear that she's from uh, somebody really close to me who actually interacts with her, knows her, and was like she cool people. And I'm like, okay, you know, it's, you know, I'm not talking about her like personally. I am talking about the yeah. image of the Kardashians don't have nothing good to do with none of us. So if you want to be manipulated by, you know, television, that's fine. But I am telling you, people who are thinkers and people who are asking the questions and our listeners who are getting up on Sunday morning listening to the show, we need to not manipulate them like everybody else is. We shouldn't be sitting there talking about normalizing nonsense, and that's what it's doing. 
Yeah, that's what concerns me about uh, Donald Trump, that, uh, you know, he'll do one or two things that make sense, and then people all of a sudden are saying, hey, you know what, he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And that's my concern uh, as we move forward. No, can I say that to to that? This guy, you know, sleeping, paying porn folks and, and Playboy and hookers and going on cruises where they're messing with underage girls, allegedly, He's doing all this, but we can actually give him credit for something else. Like our moral, our moral standards <laughs> really? are low, real we low. Well, that. okay, I, I, I'll give you that. But you know, he's he, he's sitting at sixteen hundred Pennsylvania Avenue. This is a man right before. Yeah, well, he's sitting there because with the help again, of Russia, don't care. With the help of Russia, that's true. That, that is a true statement. I, I will give you that, but it just goes to show you how gullible Americans are. We've had this conversation yeah. before, how, yeah. how we fall into this stuff. Go ahead. Yeah, you're right. You're right, and that was the point, you know. right? So if they're falling for us, we can't, as, nor- as normal can be, we can't normalize it. If they want to still be stupid, yeah. that's fine. We can't go with them. Unfortunately. It's unfortunate because we all have to suffer for what other people do. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. But I guess at the end of the day, you know, let me read something here from Miss Terry. Miss Terry's checked in. Our colleague from the Jay Riles show. She says, "This is." She said, "There was a whole network of people fighting to free Alice Johnson for years. God used the donkey. He can use Donald Trump." And she said, "It was just not Kim." You know, and, and I agree with that. Um, she, she's absolutely correct. Um, uh, when she said it wasn't just Kim, but the bottom line is, is that Donald Trump don't read, Donald Trump don't care about that stuff, and so Kim Kardashian was the one who took it there. Like you said, Jerome, you're not talking about her personally, but it's the fact that what they represent uh, for us, and it's just not something that I think that uh, we should all be, you know, applauding to a certain degree. All right, listen, we're gonna step out on the other side. I'm gonna read. It is the best from, Sunday uh, morning online radio show. Period. Hi, I'm. Sorry about that, folks. I thought I had a lead in. All right, we're going to step out. Uh, we're going to uh, we're going to read the comments from our uh, resident uh, texter, Johnny D. Uh, we'll be right back. You're listening to the serious side. It is the best Sunday morning online radio show, period. Hi, I'm Jay, the host of the serious side of the TGRS, and I'm asking you to come join me and my friends. Some serious conversation before you go to church. It's the serious side of the TGRS. Happens every Sunday morning, 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, right here on the BTR Radio Network. Thank you. 
Remember we told you about Matthew Charles? Now, he had served 21 years in prison for dealing drugs. He was released in 2016. That was part of a federal program meant to cut prison time for non-violent offenders. Well, the government appealed his release, ordered him back to prison, and that's where he is now. Welcome back in 347-850-1272 is our call in number 347-850-1272. Let's say good morning to our uh, panelists. Welcome in. Let's say good morning to Steve. Steve, welcome in. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Say good morning to the man who uh, gets the first and last word here on the serious side. Good morning, only Mr. Elias. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Freeman. Good morning, sir. Good morning. And to the very lovely Dr. Princess Adia, good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Also, good morning to Johnny D., our official texter. Good morning to Vanessa Mistelius. Can we say good morning to some people in the chat room? Yes, we got uh, a host of guests in there. We also got Covina Man and St. Clinton in there with us. Hey, what's going on, guys? How are you guys doing? Uh, we have a lot of people tuning in on the social media front. Uh, my goodness, a lot of folks. Let me bring it up here. Uh, we have Andy in the house, the, the, the pastor's in the house. Uh, but Marianna Music's in this morning. Good morning. How are you? Uh, Devontae's in the house. Jasmine. Uh, wow. Uh, Blackman, I guess that's the last name. Good morning, Craig. Jimmy, there's another Jerome in the house. Okay, we're going to call you Jerome, too. Good morning. Welcome into the show. Uh, Bev, uh, wow, just a lot of people. Uh, Justin, appreciate you listening in. Um, so, anyway, 347-850-1272. Let me read a comment here from the resident expert, uh, resident texter, I should say, Johnny D. He says, my sentiments are different from the other panelists. And that Mrs. Johnson is a criminal that ruined lives of families in Memphis, Tennessee. Although I agree the sentence being commuted from life to 21 years being served, the pardon granted must means the crime didn't happen, and that and that is not the case. Clearly, an abuse of power. Okay, I see what Johnny's saying here. In my opinion, this pardon has nothing to do with Trump's appeal to African Americans. The Kanye West support of Trump is the cause and effect of this decision. Again, the abuse of power of this office is being displayed by Trump. Jay, you are tr- you are truly correct in your assessment of why this action was taken. Power and authority is the reason because there is no justice in pardoning. Mrs. Johnson. So, you know, the thing is, is that there's a difference between pardoning and clemency, right? And I think that's where he's going with that. I don't want to speak for him, but I think he's saying, okay, yeah, she shouldn't have, she spent 21 years in jail, but at the same time, you know, the bottom line is when you say pardon, that means that the crime never existed. And, you know, based on what she did and some of the things uh, that, um, you know, some of the some, some of the things that she was convicted of, you know, anytime you have drugs and all those different things, they do ruin lives. So I guess I, I definitely agree with what Johnny's saying. Uh, let's talk about, now, we talked about, you know, Alice Marie Johnson. Let's talk about a man by the name of Matthew Charles. Now, I don't know if you guys have been following this story 
about Matthew mm-hmm. Charles. I'm not sure, Mr. Elias. If you follow this story, let me, let me, let me read something here uh, about this guy. Uh, Matthew Charles is a 51-year-old man who served 21 years of his original 35-year sentence for dealing crack cocaine before being released from federal prison back in 2016. The reason for his early release was due to a change in penalties for dealing crack cocaine. Prior to that, convictions Convictions related to one gram of cocaine were the same as those related to 100 grams of cocaine. Wow. And after these penalties were changed to reflect the severity of the crimes, more accurately, a federal judge decided to apply the changes to Charles's sentence by shortening it. Okay? So now, it goes on to read that according to a Nashville public radio, uh, uh, radio station, the U.S. Attorney's Office decided to appeal his release earlier this year, though based on the grounds that Charles was a repeat offender, which meant he was, you know, arrested more than once, therefore the office claims this retroactive change in law could not have applied to him. For a court of appeals, a court of appeals agreed with the U.S. Attorney's Office, and so Charles is returning to jail. Unless President President Trump decides to overturn his conviction, now he was uh, he was granted release by President Obama, which I thought you know once the president did that, then you know it's irreversible. But apparently there was uh, there's a flaw in the law somewhere where he was mistakenly uh, given this shortened sentence, and because of this technicality, now this man has to go back to prison. Now here's the deal about this guy. And you can say what you want about what he's done and all these different things. This guy, when he, when he was released from prison, he found a job, got an apartment, rented a car, and began to reestablish himself not only in his community but a relationship with his kids, his grandkids. He fell in love with a woman, and he began volunteering at a local soup kitchen on a weekly basis. So this guy has completely turned his life around. And here's something that you don't hear me quote. You don't hear me. Here's something that you never hear me quote. Even conservative uh, uh, magazines are saying, you know what, this guy, you know, and I'm trying to find a tweet here because my machine is running real slow and I apologize. But, you know, this guy has turned his life around. And even some of the conservative bloggers are saying, look, you know, yeah, he went to prison. And let me see, can I find it here? I'm trying to find it before. Oh, God, I can't find it. But a lot of conservative blogs are saying, look, this guy, this is a perfect example of someone turning their life around. This guy volunteers to help poor people. He's reestablished himself. Right now, he's back in prison because of a technicality. Mr. Elias, President Obama, this is a person that President Obama did pardon, Right? And so now, because of this technicality, he's back in jail. And here's the thing. The Justice Department sued, saying, hey, they filed an appeal saying, nope, he should be back in prison. Jeff Sessions, you know, Department of Justice. (laughs) So, you know, we Um, we talk about prison reform. We talk about prison reform. We talk about if you pay your crimes... You know, if you do your time, you paid your crime to society, you're supposed to be re-entered back into society. And, you know, and so here's a man. Now his life, 
you know, is ruined again because here he is going back to prison. I'm not going to say again because he did the crime. He, you know, listen, he, 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 when you do the crime, you have to pay the time. I'm not forgiving him for what he's done. But the thing about this particular situation here is, once again, a shining example of how it works. The president says, look, I'm going to give you another chance. And you know what the thing about President Obama, any time he commuted a sentence, he always incorporated a very, I mean, you know, you know, look, our president was a very thoughtful guy. And he would send letters saying, okay, look, we're going to give you this opportunity, but I hope and pray. You know, they were very, I mean, you go and read some of the letters that he sent to people that he pardoned or, you know, he pardoned from prison. Yeah, he commuted. So very he thoughtful. Pardon. Well, commuted, I'm sorry. Commuted. So so go back and read the letters, even in pardons and commute, because he had pardoned, but you're right, but this is a, a sentence that he commuted. Go back and look at the, the, the sentences, I mean, the, the letters that he wrote to these people. Very thoughtful. You know, pushing them on, okay, you have a second chance. I believe in you. Me and Michelle, we believe in you. We believe in your ability to reestablish yourself as a citizen and to do wonderful things moving forward. And here's a situation where Jeff Sessions, you know, Department of Justice, decided they're going to appeal this sentence on a technicality. And I'm pretty sure they knew what was going on with this guy. He had reestablished his life and did all these different things. Now, all of a sudden, he's back in prison. On the last day of, 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 of his freedom, him and his fiance went and sat down in the Shoney's. And he said to a local radio st- station at the time, he says, look, he says, today we get up, the sun is a beautiful, it's a beautiful day. We get a chance to move around freely. We're going to go and have breakfast. We're going to just enjoy each other's company because this time tomorrow I will be told what to do, how to do it, and when to do it. And, and um, you know, go and follow his Facebook post. You know, I mean, it's it's uh, it really makes you think about the American justice system, and in some ways how fair it is, but in some ways it's not. It's not. The floor is open to whoever wants to take it. So, to make you think about Trump and his administration, this is not a reflection of our humanity. This is a reflection on who is in office and why his butt needs to be out there why Jeff Sessions needs to be in jail, why um, Pence needs to be in jail. Those guys are a bunch of criminals walking, and they're, Ill, they're, they're not moral at all when it comes to that, because there's no fairness in that. President Obama, to his um, credit and to his weakness, would not, he, he commuted sentences, but he didn't pardon very many people. Trump pardoned our pile, right? So the technicality that they could be talking about is just saying the paperwork that he filed to get his sentence commuted left out some things, and they want to review it. So they probably said, nope, we need to redo this because the the pardon was based or the the commutation was based on false information and other things wasn't taken into consideration. So, you know, that is a technicality that the judge didn't even overrule because that – tells us how the whole justice system is jacked up and how it's jacked up for all of us, even in our fairness of wanting not just the Trump people, not just Jeff Sessions and the DOD, but how judges are, how your county commissioners are, how your, the system works as supremacy against all of us. Because 
there's got to be some checks and balance in there, and it did not work. The judge should have thought through that, but he did, he or she. But she said that her hands were tied based on, you know, the information that was presented, and she had no choice based on the law and based on what. Well, I I understand what you're saying, Jerome, but I'm just telling you that when you asked, I'm just telling you what what the judge's ruling was. She was like her hands were tied. She had no choice to send her back to prison. Right, but you know Brock Turner, the guy who raped the unconscious girl, the, the Stanford swimmer? Like that mm-hmm. guy, yeah, yeah. his hands could yeah, have been tied and he raped her. So my hands are tied, yeah. I got to sentence you to jail. He gave that fool six months and wouldn't even send him sure to jail. Did. He gave him house arrest. Yep. Hands are yeah, tied. Hands, hands tied is an excuse. Their hands, yep. They have leeway as judges. That is bull. So again, it's I don't care what statement that they read. Go ahead. Right about it's that. about undoing uh, what Barack Obama did. It's about undoing what President Barack Obama did. He pardoned him. Oh, we want to undo that. How convenient. We know you want to undo everything President Barack Obama did. Why are we not surprised? I told yeah, you're you right know, about that, Steve. Who doesn't? I think if, if the CIA, who doesn't think the CIA is still involved? I mean, they were funding the contras, the drug money. Is the CIA still involved in drug dealing? You know, and and you they still have to fill the country prison. They still have to. Yeah, and if you, oh boy, go ahead. go ahead. No, they still have to fill the prisons too. So Jeff Sessions is there. We know that he has investments in private prisons. Yep. So they're doing everything they can to put people back in prison that got out. Because Jenny, he yeah, and also criminal charges in yeah. there is difficult. So why not get the old ones back? And also bring like yeah. President Bill Clinton with those drug laws, because Bill Clinton. Uh, if you had a drug felony, you didn't qualify for uh, student loans. Uh, and Bill Clinton passed those uh, criminal laws where black men had to do longer uh, time in prison. So yeah, I blame yeah. both parties. And for I the think, and I think Hillary felt the residuals of that. I found a statement from the Federalist. Now the Federalist is a traditionally con- uh, conservative news publication, but this is what one of their contributors wrote. Since his release, Charles has fully been, he has been a fully employed, church-going member of his community who volunteers and is in a serious romantic relationship. Now he's losing not only his reprieve, but also the new life he has built. Legally, it may well, it may very well be that the courts made the right decision in revoking his freedom. But might this be a case where the law is not producing the goals that it was intended to do? And might the president and might President Trump's unique power be appropriate in making this situation right? Now you know, Miss yes, you know it's something when you we're quoting the Federalists on this show. But this is what you know. One of the things I remember President Obama saying, and, and you know what a lot of people, uh, you know, always accused him of being having this rosy, uh, you know, this rosy opinion of America, and you know, remember Hillary Clinton said during the 2008 uh, uh, presidential campaign, oh, you know, the skies are going to open and the heavens, you know, people always accused him of of really having this uh, having this hope. In America, that things will be better tomorrow will be a better day, and people have always a- accused them of that. But the one thing that I will say 
when it comes to President Obama and, and, and when these types of things happen. You know, at the end of the day, there has to be hope. At the end of the day, you have to think the right thing would happen. And so, yeah, he had this opinion of, you know, oh, everything's going to be better, you know, you know, our better judgment is going to take place, our better angels are going to step forward. But here's a situation where a man who has, once again, reestablished his life, you know, doing the right thing, and now he finds himself back in prison today, Dr. Princess O.D. He is in prison right now. And so Kim Kardashian has also tweeted about this. This is another one. You know, I tell you what, if if this makes yeah. her become an, an advocate for African-American men and women who have been, you know, wrongly, I'm not going to say wrongly, but who have, when it comes to, you know, justice, you know, Jerome brought up a good point. You know, this guy raped an unconscious woman. We talked about this on this show. I go back to the, the to the woman who killed her, shot her uh, preacher husband while he was asleep. I don't, you know, we, we talked about that on this show extensively, how she was asleep and she said, oh, it was, she took her kids and they drove off. And one of the things that they talked about during her trial was, well, he, you know, he would make her, you know, dress in high heel shoes and, and act like a stripper and role playing and she just you know she was just mentally spent she shot and killed him she spent less time in prison than freaking Michael Vick did in in, in freaking killing dogs I mean mm. there are yeah. people who have killed folks yeah. who have served their sentences and they are back on American streets I don't right. understand unevenness when it comes to our laws in this nation, I you know I'm I'm gonna say one of the things that that first that first came to mind because was the fact that one this they sought out to find some flaw and they take they retract something that was so beautiful. For gentlemen who really had come out and did something great for the community and and decided to change, made the choice to change. Now, and he took and he 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 appreciated the opportunity and took advantage of it. There are a lot of people who don't do that when they're released. There are a lot of people the that end up right back in prison. Because and not because they just don't want it. Just it seems too tasking, or it is a, it's it's very tasking for them to get back into society. Oftentimes, especially if they don't have a community helping them, their family or or of sorts. So this happens, and at this and very close together, we have Trump who gets, you know, now. He's awarded, quote-unquote, by many people. They're excited. You know, Trump's done something great, and he's pardoning people and letting people out of jail, and, and, and that's in the news. At the same time, it's, it's such a great opportunity for him, right? At the same time, someone who was released on Obama's dime, President Obama's dime, they're being forced, they're 
forced to go back to prison on a technicality that could be interpreted by some that that is that was completely incompetent. Like, how could somebody miss something? Or is it even, I mean, we don't believe that because we know it's a crack of, crack of mess. But anyway, it's just, it's it's so convenient for for Trump. And I don't, I don't like to, um, I, I don't take the negative side. I like to look at the, I look at the opportunity of positive in situations so that I can understand and, and come to an understanding. But this right here is just, it's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And if anything, maybe he had two, he was given too many years in the beginning and then he was released. I, I'm going to have to read more on the story because I haven't, but from the synopsis that we've had today, to me, it just the first thing that comes to me is that even the what Trump is doing on the partnering side, and then at the same time, we, they put this little they pull for this news here, and it and it you know could dim a light or shine something bad on something that President Barack Obama did that was so good. They just made a tried to they're trying to make a negative out of it, and it is negative. This is this is sad. This is very sad. Yeah, you know, Mr. Elias, this is, this is the president sad. that said that drug dealers should be executed and killed. I mean, you know, I mean, this is what this guy is saying, and um, you know, when you when you look at uh, what what has happened here, it, it just it just makes it boggles the mind, you know. And, and you know, and Steve brought up something about you know some of the drug, you know. We, Think about you know what happened with Hillary Clinton uh, during the election, and uh, you know some of those drug laws that her husband that they put in place, you know super you know the super predator comments and all this other nonsense. You know I think that had a backlash on her. I think she you know felt some of the residual uh, the residual uh, effects of that uh, from what her husband did while he was in office, and we you know we didn't even get a chance to talk about his his uh, that whole thing on MSNBC when he was talking to Craig Melvin. Guess we'll talk about that next week. But you know we've all, we've taken on cases here uh, before. You know that whole situation with Devonte uh, that happened with him. Uh, he's a solid release from prison. Uh, I, I mean, we have to stand up when we see injustices. And yeah, this guy, you know, he was dealing crack cocaine and and all this other stuff. And you know, we make mistakes in life. Some mistakes are bigger than the bigger than others. You served 21 years, right? And you have rehabilitated yourself. You've you've you know you've gotten released. An employer took a chance on you because think about it when they run background checks and i used to be in the hr sector you know when the black background check comes back of a person that's committed a felony you know depending on you know depending on where you the job is you know a lot of those people don't get a second chance right they don't get second chances not a, a decent job where they can take care of themselves and take care of a potential family you know they have to do things have to work some of these jobs that are not good jobs and so now this person has the ability to reestablish himself, and now all of a sudden he's back in prison. Still, he has floor is yours. Well, you know what, Jay? Isn't it strange how the government created the crack situation, and then they imprison black men stronger than they imprison anybody else? Isn't that strange? Isn't that strange that they brought crack, mm-hmm. crack to Los Angeles? Mm-hmm. And, and and now you you create this situation 
And now that it's spilling back over into your community, now you, you want to stop it. The government created mm-hmm. that situation. Now all of a sudden it's a bad thing because, hey, look, it's reaching to my community. Look, Ronald Reagan brought crack into to South Central Los Angeles, and that's a fact. That's a proven fact. You can't even, you can't even debate that one. It's a fact. And, and, and now Bill Clinton brings it on home when he says, hey, let's take it to the next phase. Instead of addressing the problem and saying, hey, let's get these people help like they're doing now for the, the opioid situation, they never gave us help. They never gave help to anybody because that's what they do. They look for yeah, a way out of the quickest solution, the quickest solution mm-hmm. to hurt people. And that's what they do. So this man, and the true fact of rehabilitation is what this man was doing. He had rehabilitated himself, and he was doing what he was supposed to do. That's what that's what prison was supposed to do, was supposed to rehabilitate. Rehabilitate. And that's what this man was, he was truly rehabilitated because he turned his life around. Now what is he going back to jail? Why? Because his son Barack Obama set free. He set this man free. And he, if he hadn't set him free, the man probably would still been uh out. Let's call it what it is. Yeah, I think I think because of the fact that's that exactly that my point, Obama, Mr. Elliot. That's yeah. yeah. That's exactly my point. Yeah, I, I, I think yeah, you're right about that. I, I think it's a situation <laughs> where we we both can't talk at the same time. Go ahead, Doctor Prince. No, no, no. You you go ahead. You go ahead. No, 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 no. Go finish your thought. You have something to say? Go ahead. Floor's yours. I was just going to say that that was my, my point exactly, that this is literally just something that happened because Barack, President Barack Obama did it. And they, they picked through the, the file to find something, to find a reason. And they found something, a little something. And at the same time, Trump was coming out with his news. It was just... It's, too perfect mm-hmm. timing for for Trump. <laughs> oh, yeah. so perfect. They were searching. They were looking through those files. They were working hard to do everything they can to undo what President Barack Obama do. They were working hard, sweatless nights. Yeah, absolutely. Jerome, I'll give you the last word on this thing. Well, I, I don't know. I think everything's kind of been said. I don't think that... Um, on from the perspective that this guy has to go through this, it's more an, of an issue of the Justice Department because you got to remember this was not a mistake by the Obama administration. They sent those guys through rigorous process to figure out who to commute, uh, who sentences to commute, who to defer, and who to release early. They went through a whole department. There was a team of people working on this. This is part of the Justice Department changing their mind since Obama's not there. So if the federal prosecutors let him, if the federal government let him out, but then the federal government says, oh, nope, there was a mistake made, we shouldn't let him out, that's probably what the judge's consideration is. It's like saying that you change your mind on pressing charges against somebody. So that that's where a technicality goes in, is that they can say that they made a mistake in letting him out, or we misled the president is what the Justice Department is probably claiming, because once the president signs off on lowering your sentence, then technically it's just lowered, it's just reduced. But it's a recommendation. It's a recommendation on reducing sentences, and the Justice Department actually approves them. So the Justice Department said, oh, no, we didn't mean to approve that one because there were some other factors that we didn't consider. So that's what your technicality is. Don't blame Obama. Everybody likes to turn stuff back on Obama and say, oh, 
they must have made a mistake. They didn't make a mistake. This is the mean spiritness of the new administration going after people just to get them back in prison because Obama did something. So, but more than that, it's like having, you know, a bunch of neo-Nazi Klansmen run your Justice Department. So, there you have it. We'll see how many white folks they try to try to bring back in. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Johnny D checks in. He says, Mr. Charles, he says, the release of Mr. Charles was a, was a byproduct of the Smart Sentencing Act inspired by and enacted by President Obama. The emphasis on a successful, to emphasize the emphasis on a successful reentry into America's communities by the incarceration, by, by the incarcerated, was supported. It was supported bipartisan, so it comes as no surprise for the conservatives to just demonstrate some compassion towards Mr. Charles. Hopefully, the ACLU and the NAACP and Caring Americans will galvanize behind Mr. Charles, and he will receive his due diligence. Moreover. This highlights the flaws in what should be the most humane and object judicial system in the world. And I think it's subjective, but, but you know, the bottom line is uh, he is absolutely correct in his assessment. All right, folks, uh, we are going to step out right now. Let me up next, Chatterbox. And on a need-to-know basis with Jerome Spring. We'll be right back.
Welcome back, 347-850-1272. And it's time for Chatterbox. Final thoughts from the chat room and from social media. Still, yes, man, what do you have? Elias, me have to open your own mic. There you go. You're coming in. What do you have for us, Mr. Elias? Okay. Uh, Covina Man says, I don't know what type of black vote is going to become a pro-Trump uh, after pardons of some drug dealers. How does a racist devil expect to pardon Trayvon Martin, uh, Eric Gardner, or John John Crawford? And then Clinton, St. Clinton says, Trump didn't. Uh, Trump, Trump did it because he listened to the show and was hoping that Jay would actually say something nice about him. And he says, joking. He said he issues pardons because Obama didn't and wanted to look like the bigger man. Like his like like his real reason to meet North Korea is to get nominated and win a Nobel Peace Prize. After which he will, uh, after which he will talk about how he won is for a real reason that Obama won is because it was a popular thing to do. The button that the bottom line is that Trump wants his family's name to be locked up on. The Kennedys, Rockefellers, and Rothschilds. <laughs> well, good luck with that. Felicia says the moniker of the most thoughtful and intelligent man in the world should be applied to Johnny D. I love his comments on the topics of the day. Is there a possibility of him joining the panel in the near future? The addition of him along with Jerome would make this appointment radio on Sunday mornings. Uh, Gloria from Las Vegas, white supremacy at its best. How can a man who has turned his life around be sent back to prison after he was pardoned by President Obama? That's a good question. And the reverend, the preacher, the pastor, Stephen Jones, Richmond, Texas, this morning's segment on suicide prevention was a powerful one. Bless you all for having this conversation. Jay, I would like to invite you to speak to our youth group. I have included my personal contact information, and I trust that you will not share that you will not share with your listeners. I won't do that, Pastor, and I will be more than happy to come and talk to that group of people. And on that note, you know what time it is. All right, time for one of my favorite parts of the show on a need-to-know basis with Jerome Spring. Man, what do you have for us this morning? All right. Um, first, I want to say Microsoft is buying the coding site GitHub. And if you don't know what that is, me, what that is it's a... Uh, a site that you just pretty much you have software developers they can review each other's code and they put it out there for free Microsoft mm. bought them for 7.5 billion dollars which means they're going to take everybody's free code and use it in Microsoft <laughs> products wow. let's see where this is going but um, yeah. Microsoft just bought them alright GM declared war on Tesla as it revealed plans to sell a semi-automated driving um, to all Cadillacs by 2020. So, Jay, you can take the tarp off the caddy. The General Motors <laughs> is back. <laughs> it's going to be a driver-assisted feature called Super Cruise in all of his Cadillac models beginning in 2020. So, you know, just like ha- hands-free driving, all caddies going to be... You can lean a little bit harder when your caddy is start driving. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> take the tarp off. <laughs> All right. International House of Pancakes 
Um, apparently, they shot some of their pa- uh, pancake lovers on Monday when they announced that the Saints name will be changed. So for 60 years, they've been IHOP. Now they said they're flipping their name to, I don't know what it is, I-H-O-B. The National House of Breakfast. <laughs> I think I think that's what it's going to be. So they said, yeah. so they're releasing the name tomorrow. But they, I guess, trying to have a suspense because they flipped the P to a B. But I think it's breakfast. Now, people have been saying International House of Bacon, International House of Biscuits. Like, they're going, I think it's just breakfast. I'm with mm-hmm. that, yes. So, if, if, if you want to, um, if you're curious, because I'm not. Now, Judge Aaron Persky, who saw his 15-year career on the bench end on Tuesday night as California voters opted to yes. him following that national ice outcry of his lenient six-month sentence of that Stanford swimmer, Brock Turner, after his rape conviction. Again, raped her while she was unconscious. He gave him six months of house arrest. He just got recalled. So he lost something. Good. They needed to. Especially on something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Again, a a lot of judges need to be recalled if he's feeling compassion like that. And by the way, since Trump's been in office, I think the number of state houses, house seats that's flipped, is 42 in seven states. Wow. 42. So we normally only count the, the the congressional races for what is doing on national news. The state houses are now starting to flip. So mm, even, no, um, that's a sign of things to come. Yep. And nobody can. I don't know why they're acting like they can't see this coming. And they keep saying stuff like, I wonder what's going to happen and will his good poll ratings or the economy matter? They've already flipped 42. Yeah, but but what they're saying is is that a lot of Republicans are stepping away from the Republican Party. So all of his approval ratings are really not <laughs> justified, man. You know, right. every, you know so I, I laughed at it when I saw that. But, but like I said before, a lot of them move into the independent side where mm-hmm. it makes the dependence number a little bit more conservative, but they're technically still Republican. Mm-hmm. So... That when they start polling later on and say, hey, independents have them high, just remember they're former Republicans that's acting like they're not Republicans anymore. Mm-hmm. And hopefully the ones that are flipping to be Democrats won't start taking the Democratic Party on that side of the, um, on the dark side of the moon on this point. Really? No, I'm sorry. The dark side is the good side. So I'm not <laughs> saying they're going to the dark side. They're taking them to the orange side. What that dude is with the spray tan. <laughs> the spray tan side of the moon. Got the spray right. tan. <laughs> yes, the spray tan side. Now I know you did this in the first segment, but the CDC uh, CDC report reveals that more than forty five thousand people took their lives in two thousand sixteen. Most were not diagnosed with a mental health condition beforehand, by the way. So the data from the Center of Disease Control and Prevention has revealed that the rate increased twice um, twice as steep amongst men or amongst women than men. So women are pre- committing suicide twice um, the rate of men in um, 2016. Wow. Yep. Mm. Um, Facebook has revealed a new bug that switched 
14 million users' privacy settings to public. Now, the flaw only affected Facebook's system for 10 days in May. So just think about what you was posting in May. But uh, <clears throat> they're saying they're still informing users. Facebook ain't telling you jack. Nope. <laughs> but they're looking at your data. Uh, mental note, don't put it out there if, um, yeah. if, if, if you don't want nobody to see it. All right. Now, in disgusting news, you know, Ancestry.com, and I know I've talked about this many times on the show. Ancestry.com hosts a genetic code of more than 5 million people in the largest mm-hmm. of DNA in corporate history. Now, the company holds the most expensive stock, um, stockpile of spit as well. So, they use human spit as a way to run their DNA test, with some estimates placing it to hundreds of gallons of spit. So, uh-huh said that its state-of-the-art security is in place to prevent hacking and security breaches of its genetic database, but hackers last year managed to infiltrate RootsWeb, which is owned by Ancestry, and identified cyber criminals stole login details from more than 55,000 Ancestry customers who used the same email address and password in combination with both sites. So, hmm. yeah, Ancestry record, reported about $1 billion last year. Damn. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So not only does Ancestry um, store the genetic code of people's DNA, it also keeps the raw DNA samples as well. Uh. When they start patenting your DNA, just remember, Mm. hey, did I go on Ancestry (laughs) and give my DNA for for them so they can lie to me? Mm -hmm. Ancestry, if you're African, because technically... They don't even have enough um, samples to match your DNA up against. That's why they keep telling black people, oh, you have no Native American in you. It's like, black people are indigenous to America. Of course you do. (laughs) Yeah, I just wanted to put that out there as a public service announcement. All right. (laughs) Now, a bison gored a woman in Yellowstone National Park. It's the third animal attack this week. They have three this week. So Tim Hancock, who was 59, was with a group of tourists who got within a 10 yards of bison on Wednesday, and the bison got agitated and charged into the crowd and gored her in the park. Wow. Mental note. Just because it says it's a park, it is not a zoo. Don't touch the animals. (laughs) They're like, let me go take a picture. I don't think Mm. they know what a selfie is. So you might want to be (laughs) Wow. Now, a strong supporter of Colin Kaepernick, um, Ava um, DeVernay is developing a comedy series with the NFL star on his high school life. So the first news of the project was revealed in Vanity Fair, which um, they talked to DeVernay. Um, Kaepernick will be the latest athlete to move into en- entertainment. Now, if you don't know... LeBron James has made a big splash with his Spring Hill Entertainment, who brought survivor's remorse um, to stars. He's planning a Netflix movie with Madam um, C.J. Walker Ministries, starring Octavia Spencer, and more. And also, Blake Griffin just announced a project last week with Steph Curry. And their first look set up deal with the studio. So they have a movie deal too. Blake Griffin and Stephon Curry. Cool. Glad yeah. to hear it. Hey, 
I'm glad to see that they're about to change the face about the, of the stories that's being told. But Thank you. You want to talk about somebody, um, you know, making an impact with their money. That's what they're doing. Hmm. All right. Not a single female made the Forbes Top 100 um, High State Athletes <laughs> list in 2018. So Floyd Mayweather topped it for the fourth time in seven years. He made $285 million last year. And, yep. Notably absent for the list was Serena Williams. So Serena only made, and I say only, she only made $18 million off, off off court earnings from sponsors, and that wasn't sufficient enough to get her in the top 100. Wow. Now, that's that's came, a damn shame when you say only make. <laughs> yeah, she only made. She's, she's so hanging fruit for them, apparently. I wish I only made eighteen million. <laughs> yeah, you know, I wish that was the bottom, the bottom of <laughs> the, the floor really? for my uh, LeBron James was number six. He had eighty-five million. Roger Federer had seventy-seven point two million, and Stephon Curry had sixty uh, seventy-six point nine million. I didn't know Stephon Curry made that kind of money. Yeah, he's uh, on all kind of commercials, man. Yeah. Now, golfer Tiger Woods was ranked sixteen. Serena don't even make the list. Tiger is still at 60 out of the top Damn. 100. He Damn. is one of only three top best-paid athletes on the list that's been on there for the past 18 years. Tiger has been in the top 100 for 18 years <laughs> of a highest-paid athlete. Wow. Okay, I guess this bottom is not 18 million. <laughs> I guess it ain't. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Canadian broadcaster Bell Media has completed a deal for a Bad Boys spinoff with Gabrielle Union and Jessica Alba for Sony Pictures in Canada for 13 episodes. Now, here's the thing. NBC passed on a series which featured two women of color, right? Gabrielle Union fronted the spinoff from the start. She said she wanted to land a big name, so um, as her co-star, she personally sought out Jessica Alba, and she said, we're really excited um, to be able to co-produce, co-executive produce with Jessica Alba, and it's like we feel like boss bees, is what she said, that's a quote, and she said, it really feels good that two women of color are the leads and are the executive producer who put, who put the whole thing together, and we know that we deserve this opportunity, nobody gave it to us, we took it. And it was expected to be picked up by NBC. They dropped it last minute. With all this stuff going on in the world, they dropped two movie stars in a, in a TV show. But wow. luckily for the Canadian broadcaster, Bell Media, they picked them up. So Charter Media, uh, Charter Communications, um, and Sony will take the series from Sony and put it on Spectrum, which is the old Time Warner so they're gonna they're negotiating it for um, for distribution in the United States, but they had to go all the way they had to go to Canada to get their show on. Wow. Yeah, with all this Roseanne stuff going on, you think they'd be saying we need more diversity? No, nah, why would they, man? They don't. Yeah. They don't care. Yeah, and, and speaking of that, Tom Arnold admitted that he doesn't speak with um, his ex-wife Roseanne, but said. Her last six months of tweets, she's obviously a racist who fed off conspiracy theories, just like Trump. And he <laughs> thought, oh, Good Morning Britain 
a week after they they um, uh, got rid of Roseanne about her being racist, that he's gone on tour, pretty much saying, "I told you, I told you so." <laughs> and Blackest uh, co-creator or Blackest creator Kenyon Burris is letting everyone know how he feels about ABC and Roseanne. He said, "I was literally coming out of the show, and I was like, f this, I'm going to go crazy." I was going to call my agent, go on CNN's Don Limit or other shows, but before he did that, he called ABC Entertainment President Channing Dunning, uh, Dungy uh, from Disney and ABC Television Group um, Chief Ben Sherwood and ABC Studio President Patrick um, Moran and gave them a warning. So Burr said that Dungy asked him to hold off as they were canceling the show and the news came within minutes. So he continued to call it an undefensible moment. But at the same time, you hired a monster, then you asked why the monster was killing villagers. Mm. So if you really want to know why, why Roseanne got canceled, it's because all of these guys behind the scenes was about to be out at ABC. <laughs> ABC didn't have... Yeah, ABC it, um, didn't have no conscience. It was like, we need to... We need to do something about this. All right. Eddie Murphy. All right, Joe, we have time for one more, sir. One more story, sir. One more. Oh, really quick. Eddie Murphy is making his uh, return to the silver screen. He'll play black exploitation pioneer actor and star of the Dolomite films, Rudy Raymore, in an upcoming nice. next yeah. film. <laughs> wow. <laughs> for some kids who don't idea. know who Rudy Raymore is, you don't need to know. But anyway, Eddie Murphy is going to play Rudy Raymore. <laughs> Dolomite. The signifier monkey. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What a good stuff. Appreciate it. And on that note. All right. Um, It's been a wonderful show this morning. And uh, we appreciate uh, that. Give us energy. Come on. (laughs) I'll give you another story. Uh, well, you can give us one of your final thoughts. All right, it's time for final thoughts, and uh, let's uh, give it to the ladies, uh, Dr. Princess Odilia. Uh, oh my God, final thoughts. You can turn the mic on, Mr. Elias. Final thoughts. Awesome. Well, thank you, Jay. Great show today, and I just, I just want um, to touch base, touch on depression. Um, as the author of the book Pregnant in the Spirit. One of the things that I talk about is the depression that many people go through simply during a normal part, a normal part of life's transition. A lot of times we, we, have, we, have, we lose things, we may lose relationships, lose jobs. People go through life. And simple life circumstances, if not looked at it with an understanding of an opportunity of growth and development for you, uh, even, even it, it can definitely get you to the point where you are depressed. Sometimes people wake yeah. up feeling depressed, or they may just constantly think about something that happened adversely in their life, and, and it, they become yeah. depressed. But whatever the case may be, I want everybody to know that everything happens for a reason and everything okay. is really all good in your life. And all just right. remember to stay positive, to stay positive. All right. 
good stuff. That's a good message. Those are words to live by. Thank you so much. I'm pretty sure it's going to reach someone. Thank you so much. All right, Steve, uh, final thoughts. Uh, on depression, folks, just remember, if you have a spouse or a friend or someone that constantly speaking negativity in your life, you may have a children with this person, you may have... You know, a great relationship. You, you know, you have some sort of relationship with this person. You gotta let them know because it's just constantly speaking negativity in your life. It, it's gonna cause a major problem with depression. Uh, you, you gotta, you gotta let it go. So, that, uh, God bless you all. And have a good show. Have a good uh, Sunday. All right, all right. We're ninety seconds out. Uh, Jerome, and final thoughts. All right, Mariah, Mariah Parker, 26-year-old doctoral student, University of Georgia, was sworn in. She won a county commissioner seat in Athens, Georgia. She was sworn in with her fist in the air, and not on the Koran, not on the Bible, but held by her mother, she was sworn in with the autobiography of Malcolm X doing her oath of office ceremony. Shout out to that sister, and peace out, and have a good week. All right, Mr. Elias. Uh, we're less than a minute, man. Final thoughts. If somebody tells you who they are, believe my Angelo's words. Look, Trump is who he is. And what he's trying to do right now, I don't believe him. Absolutely. Johnny D says, as Donald Trump continues to diminish Americans, America's moral influence in the world, please don't mistake his recent rendition of the national anthem at the White House represents patriotism. Truthfully, as America continues to part ways from Great Britain, Germany, Canada, Mexico, Australia, and allies around the world, please note that Donald Trump's lack of patriotism is represented in his ability to support America's enemy, Russia, as well said. And I'm going to wish, uh, I'm going to say congratulations to Amani in my last few minutes for graduating on her way to high school. Uh, happy birthday, belated birthday to my daughter, Nicole. I love you so much. And my final thoughts are going to be pretty simple. You know, the thing is, is that suicide, suicide is real. And if people are going through tough times in their lives, if they're dealing with a situation that you know of and you need to reach out, don't hesitate because that hesitation, that slight hesitation may cause or make the difference in whether that person will be with us today or tomorrow. And on that note, Mr. LES. If it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the J. Wow. Show. Folks, God bless you. Have a wonderful week. And remember, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, it is the serious side. So for Mr. Elias, for Dr. Princess Odilia, for Jerome, for my man Steve, and for Johnny D., I'm Jay Rouse. And have a great work week. We'll talk to you next week. Take care. <laughs>